It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the NHL. Blue Jackets lead the Sabres 5-4 in the third. Early in the second period, St. Louis up 3-2 on Vegas. Preds up one zip on the Ducks. Late in the first, Avs lead the Sens 2-1. And it is the Jets with a 1-0 lead on the Penguins. Still to come tonight, the Hurricanes and the Sharks. Ethan Bear will not play for Carolina as he has gone into the uh, COVID protocol for the National Hockey League. I can also come tell you coming up this Saturday from noon to four. So this is this Saturday, November 27th from noon to four at Ford Hall in Rogers Place. The Oilers locker room sale is back. They got two seasons worth of oil, uh, Oilers and Oil Kings equipment and apparel. You can find the perfect holiday gift for that player or fan in your life. They're going to have Oilers game used sticks, equipment, Steaks, uh, steaks, skates. Well, they might have steaks too. Who knows? There's steak everywhere. Uh, they'll have team issued sticks, gloves, helmets, and skates, autographed game used pucks, tons of stuff. Uh, game worn Oil Kings jerseys as well. Great deal on merchandise. You can go to 630chet.com or nhl.com slash Oilers for more information. It is the Oilers locker room sale, Ford Hall, noon to four on Saturday. Got a message here from Jeremy from Glendon, living in the giant pierogi. He's got a condo in there. He says, hey, Reed, I've been regularly going to Elks games for almost all my life. I'm 25 years of age. I'm glad I got in on the $99 season seat sale two years ago. I would usually sit in the family huddle section. Prices were around $27, but that got eliminated this year. I probably wouldn't have gone to any home games this year if I had to pay the $57 price. Two years with season tickets, haven't talked to a person from the office once. Jeremy goes on to say, my solution is all season tickets go to lower bowl and the ushers check the tickets when people go in. All upper deck seats, general admission and $20 each. Guaranteed 30,000 fans a game creates an atmosphere where players are more likely to win. We have to remember many problems we are facing are not limited to our club. Uh, He says the game in Regina I was at was their fan appreciation night and they gave away a vehicle and that was all. At least we got $5.50 beer and $2 hot dogs. Jeremy concludes by saying the CFL in general is in a scary state. Always good to hear from uh, Jeremy from Glendon. 780-496-0063. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional grade building materials. A little bit more here from Ian Murray, the board chair of the Elks, as today they fire... President Chris Presson, GM Brock Sunderland, and Coach Jamie Elizondo. And uh, I asked him, would you be open to having the coach and the GM be the same person? I'm going to wait to see what Wally comes back with in his short list and in his recommendations and see what he suggests before I, you know, go out on a limb on an answer like that. Our committee has had discussions with Wally already, but but I think we need to keep that, you know, confidential to our, to our committee until we get further down the road and we have um, a little more clarity. Yeah, so CFL legend Wally Buono 
assisting the Elks in their search for a new GM. Uh, Murray was asked what Buono means in this search. Well, we'll see how it goes over time. Right now, our relationship with Wally is a short-term contract for him to focus on the recruiting of the general manager. Um, and, it, and it may be that he helps us with other things over time, but that's too, too early to say. You know, at this time, we're focused in our relationship on the next two months and making sure we get things in place that are critical around the general manager. All right. And uh, as Jeremy wrote in his text, you know, is this... a he said the CFL is in a scary state. And Halsey today asked Ian Murray, are, are the problems the Elks having, are these also league problems? I think that it's that the, the league in general has some challenges. Um, but I think we have to be accountable for the fact that our that we had a call it a negative variance greater than some others right like we our performance wasn't wasn't sufficient at our end um and you know that's what we have to focus on we know we can do better but clearly you know the league itself has marketing challenges for sure um but you know in terms of our assessment you know we were pretty weren't so much you know brian we're not so much focused on exact numbers of fans in the stands but we were alarmed at the sort of level of customer complaints and and some of that operational stuff all right so now the search is on new gm by the end of 2021 new president by uh the end of january so those will be the next upcoming hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Storylines for the Edmonton Elks. We will dive into some hockey talk. How about that goal by McDavid last week? Kelly Rudy with his take when we get back. McDavid magic last week against the Winnipeg Jets. The Oilers then beat Chicago on Saturday at Dallas tomorrow. Furnace family Oilers hockey five o'clock faceoff show game at 630 here on 630 Chad. He joins us every week for Sentinel Storage Shop Canadian Store. Canadian try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now analyst Kelly Rudy. Hey Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Uh, I have high expectations this week again, Reed. Not for our show, because I know you and I are friends and we'll we'll figure that out, what we're going to do and moving forward. But because I want to see another highlight reel from Connor McDavid uh, this week, and I would expect nothing less than a spectacular one-man rush against three or four or five guys and another great goal late in the game. Well, that's the fun part because that was actually back-to-back home games, Rangers and Jets. Right. Uh, and Stoff and I were talking about that on our face-off show last week. 
ra- like ranking his goals. And for me, the one against Winnipeg wow. barely made the top five. <laughs> it's like crazy. It's, it's getting out of control. <laughs> I know it's crazy. And so we kind of dissected it. Uh, uh, Ron, Jennifer, Kevin, and I on Saturday night in the first intermission, but there's a lot to get to in that goal. So the very first time I'm watching the play and I see McDavid coming uh, from the Oilers bench side and uh, it's Duncan Keith. And I think it, it, it doesn't he pass it over to CC? Yeah, Keith gives it to CC who gives it to yes. McDavid. And, but the first thing I was paying attention to is how many times McDavid was going to look up ice before he even got the pass from CeCe. And there was one quick look uh, originally, and then the closer he got to CeCe, then a really short one. Just, just It's like just quickly turn his head up ice, and before he even gets the puck, this is what I was kind of – I wish I could have a chance to talk to him about this. Like, what is your brain processing at the time? So you've taken two quick looks. You don't have the puck yet. But it occurs to me or seems to me that he must be thinking, okay, I see Adam Lowry near center ice. I have an understanding what he's wanting to do. He's going to try and wedge me into the boards, the board. So I really have no opportunity to go through the middle. Uh, So he's processing that yet. He's going to make it appear as though he's going to go along the boards. But at that particular point where he decides, here's my opportunity. He thinks he's angling me properly. Now's my opportunity. And it was, I'm going to say, six feet before he even got to Lowry. So now he does that. He decides he cuts inside with all that speed. Then he attacks the two defenders. But the play I loved the most, maybe, was how he pushed the puck about six feet past Logan Stanley. So nobody can get him with their stick, right? So they can hack him. They can do whatever. But they won't they'll knock the puck off his stick because it's not even on his stick. So that's a clever play. And I know he's been doing it. And a lot of NHL players try that. And then he skates into it and then cuts back to the inside and beats Hellbuck. But the point I want to make, besides all that other brilliance that I just talked about how his mind thinks the i've seen other players and we've all seen a lot of players try that same sort of play where you push the puck just beyond the defender right but it's very hard during the course of a game to do it perfectly where it's only about six feet past i've seen a million guys maybe that's an exaggeration but they push the puck uh nine or 12 feet past and by the by the time they catch up to it the play's dead because they're too far into the corner already right they can't they don't have an opportunity to get the puck retrieve the puck again and then attack the net so there are a lot of brilliant things in that one particular rush that uh, just really stand out to me but like i said how his mind thinks the game that would be really cool that'd be a really cool conversation to have like what were you thinking before cc gave you the puck were you actually thinking of going along the boards or did this opportunity present itself because Lowry didn't angle you properly or all along were you thinking to go up the middle? I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah, that is a good point. At what point does an end-to-end rush actually become an end-to-end rush in the player's mind? Right. Because you would think even a great player like McDavid doesn't expect to do it over and over because he often skates with speed through the neutral zone. Yeah, totally. But it doesn't always turn into that. No, and and oftentimes for a guy like McDavid, I know prior to last year, a lot of his rushes, he'd get into the zone and go outside because of his great speed, right? And then just beat the defenseman wide. Um, 
And then he talked about, I think it was last year in in the bubble. I can't remember. It's all a blur. But he wanted to get to the inside a little bit more. And and so that was a really cool thing how you do that. And uh, but this is just this is entirely different. This is just like you just mentioned it, end to end rush. And um, there there's only a handful of players in the history of the game have had that sort of game breaking ability. Yeah. Well, I like how you put it. I wonder if he could even explain it if he really had to. Because it, like, yeah, oftentimes when he's asked, he's he's modest about it. And he, you know, the one after the Rangers game, he was just like, well, I'm I'm doing my job. I'm paid to do that. Right. And it's like, okay. Right. But I mean, as an athlete to know that you can be in an apparent situation of disadvantage, but still yeah. know you're going to beat the guy. Cause you're so fast and, and talented, right? Like he's not, yeah. I don't think he's hoping to make a play. Like it's not a desperation hope play. Like it's a high to him. To him it's probably a high percentage play. Yeah. I'm one on three, but I know exactly what I'm going to do. Man. That's such a good point Reed. because don't all of us hate hope plays or hope passes. And how many times have guys, and, and this is uh, been the reason why a lot of guys, not a lot, but a few guys with pretty good talent have gone away from the NHL because they don't use their teammates, right? It's just a one-man rush all the time. And we as broadcasters, we're sitting up in the booth and we're going, we sort of look at our partner and go, we know what's happening here. Nothing's going to come of this rush. We're bored silly because this player just continually tries to do that. Where, again, a player at McDavid's level, it's not a hope play. There's a legitimate chance that he's going to get a good scoring chance. Yeah, I I was thinking of the phrase that uh, I don't know if he came up with it. Probably someone else said it first. But Glenn Suter from the CFL broadcast on TSN often says that about a fast receiver against the defensive back. That if he's even, he's leaving. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. kind of like McDavid. If if you're even with McDavid, forget about yeah. it. You're already too late. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. I remember. I think it was like the first or no the second year that mcdavid came into the league and we were talking about it a lot on hockey night uh and uh it was that all of a sudden mcdavid would come uh flying through the neutral zone and get the puck at his own blue line or whatever and the defensemen were so afraid on the other team that they weren't skating backwards anymore they're they were turned skating forward they they just knew at that point that uh that he had a great opportunity to beat him with his speed. I remember there's a veteran, and I won't uh, say his name just because I don't want to embarrass him if he doesn't want this to be said, but uh, veteran, really good NHL defenseman, and uh, we asked him about uh, who's the hardest guy to contain. And he, that was McDavid's first year, and he said, Connor McDavid. And so yeah. that just tells you what the people think around the league about. Uh, and that was how many years ago was McDavid? What was his rookie year? 15-16 was his rookie year. Right. So that's what, six years ago? That's crazy. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Another great story for the Oilers lately is Stuart Skinner. I mean, went toe-to-toe with Hellebuck in the game we're talking about and got the shootout win. And then he uh, was solid against Chicago. Another really good game. I mean, the Oilers, again, didn't play great early in that game. He made good saves in the good 10 minutes and then first 10 minutes. And then the Oilers took over. He looks really, really comfortable in there. He sure does. And uh, it's a great story, uh, as you know. And so uh, I- I'm really cheering for him. I think we may be uh, offended a few Oilers fans on Saturday because we were talking about uh, 
that is one position that you would think they want to upgrade. And we didn't mean any disrespect to the, any of the Oiler goalies, but just when you look at it on the surface, you probably go, well, you know, if you're going to go into a, a big playoff run, you probably need somebody uh, at a little higher level. We throw out some names, some probably weren't even uh, legit. I mean, you just throw out names because you're just trying to find somebody because you're not finding a, a legit number one unless there's some way you can find some money and get a top guy. But Skinner clearly is a guy that has huge potential. Um, and uh, I mean, as, as you mentioned, that game he had versus uh, uh, Winnipeg, when you're going toe-to-toe -to -toe like that against uh, Hellebuck, that, that gives you a lot of personal pride, right? And then the Chicago game, I'm with you, uh, Reed. I was thinking, we are watching the game, and I was thinking to myself, wow, Chicago is just flying here for the first 10 minutes, and then the Oilers got the jump on them and scored four quick ones. But, but then again, that's a different mind game, right? So you now your team's exploded for four, and now he's not getting as many shots, not many dangerous shots. And for a young player, it's even more difficult to learn how to stay focused, right? And not think that, okay, we've got four. Uh, we'll probably score two more in the second. We've got a 6 nothing lead or something. And so it turned out to be a really close game. But uh, um, that, that it's just such a great learning experience for him to get these opportunities, right? You saw the, the three-and-a-half-minute all four lines on the ice right for checking right. like how for for Lankin and the Chicago goalie how exhausting would have that been because you have to be in your crouch for like pretty much three and a half minutes straight don't you you're so right so there are a few opportunities where you get to stand a little bit more upright and give your your legs and your lower back a bit of a break but uh that is absolutely exhausting I know it's happened before but I can't remember in recent memory where I've seen a shift that long and they get all four lines uh um, involved so that was uh we're we're watching it all all of us uh, behind the scenes we're watching it and we're thinking uh okay this is amazing i'm not sure if the last time i can remember this happening uh it, it's even more I, I was even more astonished by uh connor murphy the defenseman he was out there i believe the entire time and the reason i bring him up because he was still competing and trying to block shots. It's not as though his tongue was hanging out of his mouth and he couldn't move. He was just standing in front of the net. He actually was moving, and I was so impressed. I think there's that uh, clip we showed at the very end of that shift, though, in unison, the four guys on the uh, the Blackhawks defense, as soon as they got to the bench, they bowed their heads in exhaustion. <laughs> it was like it was, uh, somebody said, okay, three, two, one, now. <laughs> Drop your head. It's... It's pretty funny. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, hey, uh, Flames and Oilers right up there at the top of the division. It, it, it's fun that uh, people are dreaming about a, a playoff oh, battle of Alberta. I know we got a long way to go, but um, yeah. like the the Flames are at the point they're almost more likely to get a shutout than they are, and it's not just Markstrom because now Vladar has a couple, right? Right? Isn't that something? So, and the one thing is, there were a couple of shutouts. There's no question about it. That it, there was more so a goalie shutout than it was a team shutout. Uh, but for the most part, I'd say five of them have been in large part because of the team play and the goalie just has to make three or four high danger chances, right? Saves. So uh, it's been a, a total buy-in. Now, I, I did say this again on Saturday. I, I hate to bring it up always on what I'm saying on Saturday, but I said that this team finally is, they're just meeting their expect, expectations, right, Reed? They're not exceeding them. Uh, this is the team that I 
thought I would see last year. Now, for whatever, for a multitude of different reasons, the pandemic, uh, every, the players' mental health with the pandemic and being uh, alone and all these other things, they didn't even get close to meeting expectations. This is what I expected from this group before. Yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing to watch them as well. Okay, Kelly, well, thanks for checking in. Uh, another fun week of games ahead. We'll do this next week, man. Hope all is well with you. Okay, take care, Reed. It's Kelly Rudy, courtesy Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Stoffers with the Oilers. He's next. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.